let me just give you a brief um, feedback on the mission that I did uh, two weeks ago. Is it a bit loud? Okay, then if you can lower the monitors here, because it's loud. Um, yeah, so um, on the 11th of this, of this month, um, myself, well, I went to Ghana on a mission to spend some time with the pastors and with the churches, and frankly also came with me. So he came the following day. And um, it was a really, really effective and busy time. So got there on Wednesday night. Thursday, rested I met with the board of the senior elders in the churches, met them. Um, and then on Friday and Saturday, we had some time with the pastors in the morning and afternoon. And then in the evening, we did some ministry. And then on the Sunday, we went to preach in two of our churches, one in the morning in Abra, and one in somewhere else in the eastern region in the evening. Uh, that was really amazing um, to see how the work has been developing. Uh, both of them were relatively new church plants. Um, and um, yeah, it was really powerful. And then on the Monday rested. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we had a leadership um, training in different areas. So we had um, on Tuesday and Wednesday in, the, in an area called Chippy, where I grew up as a child, which is always fun to go back there. And, um, and uh, in, the, in the evening, it's a new school in different churches. So really a positive in school the churches, to see how the churches are doing. And then on the Thursday and Friday, we then went to another part of Ghana, which is in the central region, in a similar format, leadership training during the day and then in the evening with ministry. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, like I do ministry, two slots in the morning, one in the evening, right through. And then on the Saturday, I ministered at Prophet Kingsley's church. And how many of you know Prophet Kingsley? Right, so I ministered in his church with his workers in the morning. And then on the Sunday, I ministered at his church, his main service. And then the Sunday night on the plane, I came back here and um, tried to rest. And we did a little bit busy this week. But yesterday, we had an amazing time. How many of you have a prophetic school of ministry? Yeah, there's a woo however. All right, all right. That's really amazing noise there. Yeah, so that was really powerful, actually. So, in a way, I'm quite tired. Um, Bit, but I've also had a really, really amazing time, both in Ghana and here. But I'm really glad to be back. And I was really blessed listening to all the preaching and the teaching you've been receiving. I think I should travel more often. Yeah. Um, because um, you were told it's time to grow up, isn't it? It's time to. <laughs> I never said it. You know, you said it's time to grow up. To listen to her encouraging me in the ways of righteousness. And then I heard follow her in Matthew. Hey, there's some real weight. Um, come on, give them a hand. They were awesome. I guess some of you are a little But that was really, really encouraging to hear all the three messages. I was really blessed by them. So um, the Lord bless you all. And it's good to be back. All right. Let's pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help us. 
Father, thank you so much for your word. I ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to continue to be released. And I pray, Lord, that you will have your way in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Alright, so in waiting on the Lord, um, I was in a bit of a um, kind of a fix. I, I wanted to begin something new kind of thing, but I feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to conclude what I started three weeks ago on how to pray with accuracy. So we're going to talk about that, we're going to build on what we've already taught, and I encourage you to listen to all the teaching about kingdom authority because um, we're going to, we want to build on it in teaching about deliverance and about our pastors concerning the kingdom. But it's important that you understand some of these things that we're saying, which I know are quite basic and foundational but helps you as a child of God to walk in the authority that Christ has purchased for you. So we're going to talk about how to pray with accuracy in Mark 11 from verse 22 to 26. I'll kind of recap a little bit and then really go into the meat of where I believe what I should talk about. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God, and surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. So just briefly, let's go over some of the stuff you said. Could you lower it a little bit more for me, please? So, Initially, we've already said concerning prayer and concerning authority and we pray with accuracy that we must pray from a place of revelation and not ritual. We must pray from a place of reality and not simply formality. It's so important that when we are praying, it's coming from our heart. It is something that we are doing with clarity or with clear biblical, clear biblical um, um, guidelines. If we want our prayers to be effective, our prayers must appreciate what God has done for us through Jesus on the cross and what is ours now. Many times people pray for things that they already have or ask God to do things for them that they're supposed to do for themselves. And this kind of prayer, really, in my view, is. Well, not just in my view. This kind of prayer is a waste of time because God is not going to give you what you already have. And God is not going to do for us what He expects us to do for ourselves. So we said that to pray with accuracy, the first thing is we must pray to our Father, our Heavenly Father, to the Father. Uh, we must pray the way our Lord Jesus instructed us to pray. And we must pray as beloved sons and daughters. In other words, when we come before God, He expects us to be confident in His love for us. So we can ask God to help us to experience more of His love, but we can't ask God to love us more because the love He has for us is the same kind of love and intensity He has for our Lord Jesus Christ. God will love you more than he already loves you. But you can experience more of his love as you grow in understanding uh, from the word and by the Holy Spirit's empowerment. 
So we are to pray to the Father as sons. And then we also said we are to pray in the name of Jesus. We are to pray in the name of Jesus. And simply put, we are to pray as if we are Jesus. In one sense, that's what it means to pray in the name of Jesus. As if we ourselves are Jesus. Now to pray in the name of Jesus really means we represent him in his authority, in his character. We honor him or we represent him in honor and we literally are his representative. We're doing it on his behalf. We're doing it with his backing. So when we're praying in the name of Jesus, it's not simply putting the label in the name of Jesus at the end. Of course, you can do that, but it's not simply that. It is far more powerful than that. It is that because I'm a son, just like Jesus, and because of what Jesus has done for me, because I'm a child of God, son or daughter of God, when I'm praying, I am praying as if Jesus is praying, and I'm praying with Jesus back, and I'm praying as his representative. Colossians 3.17 says, whatever you do, you will to do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And, and the other thing I pointed out um, two weeks ago or three weeks ago is that at times when people pray, kind of it might be, now I'm not saying that you shouldn't, that God will not hear these prayers, but it kind of is part of the, 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 the reality that people pray out of formality. So you're praying to the Father, you say, Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord Jesus, I pray that you help me, Jesus. Oh God, Father, in Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus, Holy Spirit, be help me, God, Jesus, hallelujah. So you've got to ask yourself, well, do you actually know who you're talking to? You know, just think it through. You, you're, you're talking to God the Father. You say, Father God, I pray in Jesus' name that you will do X, Y, Z, Lord Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Oh God, Father God, hallelujah, Holy Spirit. Jesus. So, like, when, I, when, when I'm praying, when I used to do this, and I would listen to myself, that doesn't actually make sense. So I realized I know. I, 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 if I'm talking to Aisha, I don't start saying, hey Aisha, you know, how are you doing? Sandra, well, sometimes my sisters then come and Aisha and she looks at me. But you know, Aisha, you know, how's it going? I'm, I'm Sandra, I mean, Aisha, I'm Sandra, mom, I'm Sandra. You know, kind of, it's a bit confusing there. I mean, well, the conversation will go far. That's what you but here's the thing, our Lord Jesus himself informs us of the need to not ask him, but ask the Father for things. Even though I said it uh, two weeks ago, I want to repeat it, John 16, 23 to 27. Look at what he says, John 16, 23 to 27. Then in that day, you will ask me nothing. This is Jesus. In that day, what day? The day you enter into the new dispensation of the church age. You will ask me nothing. That's what the Lord Jesus says. Most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father, in my name he will give you. In other words, you're asking the Father on my behalf. You're asking the Father because of me. He says, until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive. That your joy may be full. In other words, the way by which you really enjoy the reality of being a child of God is when you ask as if you are Jesus, you ask as Jesus' representative in his name, on his behalf, and you see the results of your prayers, it really causes you to enjoy your faith journey. Your joy is full. 
and experience more of the reality, appreciate the reality of knowing God the Father and the Son of the Lord Jesus Christ. 25. These things I've spoken to you in figurative language. But the time is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figurative language. But I will tell you plainly about the Father. Now how does he tell us plainly about the Father? By the Scriptures and by the Holy Spirit. That's how he tells us plainly about the Father. What's in the Scriptures about the Father is clear if you will read it. And the Spirit of God will make it clearer to you. And the more you realize what the Father is really like, the more you would like to pray to the Father. And the more you would like to know the Father as revealed to us through our Lord Jesus. It says 26, in that day you ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father. And look what the Lord is even saying to you. He's saying that, listen, I don't even need to intercede for you. I don't need to intercede for you. I don't need to be the go-between in the, the days coming where I don't need to be the go-between between me, you, and the Father. Because the Father himself loves you. He loves you because you love me. Because your allegiance is to the Lord Jesus, the Father loves you and doesn't need a go-between between you and him. And you say, Amen. To me, this is really powerful. I think it's really amazing. I do. I think this is incredible privilege that we have. And he says, and you've not, because you love me, and you believe that I come from God. The point there is this. Those of us who put our faith in Jesus, we have tremendous privilege and authority. And like Matthew and Paul was talking about um, last week. The kind of authority we have now because of what Jesus has done for us. Is so profound, is so powerful that we don't need a go between. Even the Lord Jesus Himself does not need to be a go between between us and the Father. Now, He's the go between between humanity and the Father, but we are now in Christ. And so, as, 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 as His brothers and His sisters, we can come with so much confidence before the Father. Can we say amen? So, these are the first two things we talked about how we are to. In fact, we see we pray to the Father and we pray in the name of Jesus. The third thing that we need to do, we want to continue. And before I continue, I want us to read um, again Mark 11. In fact, you know what? No, let's not read Mark 11. Let's continue because of time. So, the third thing, we are to pray in consistency with our words if we want to pray practically. I've touched on this already. But here's the point in Mark 11 23. Jesus said, Surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, that will die in your heart. And believe that the things he says shall come to pass, he will have whatever he says. 24. Therefore, therefore, he says, he says, therefore I say to you, when you pray. So, the point I want you to see here is this, is that when our Lord is teaching us about the power of words, words that we speak from a place of faith, he immediately links it to how we're supposed to pray. Why? Because our prayers will reinforce our words, and our words can undermine our prayers. So at times people will pray for something, and after they pray for it, they will then say a whole heap of things that totally undermines what we're praying about. Pray for the government. Oh God, give them reason, wisdom, help them with Brexit. In Jesus' name, Amen. As for this Christian, 
Pray with 
Bible words being very clear about what you are praying about. You have to be specific. Um, again, these are basic things, but I feel I need to remind us about these things. Because, like, I listen to the prayers and, you know, um, you listen to us praying sometimes. And sometimes when we're praying, I wonder whether we know what we're actually praying about. Now, that might sound like a funny thing to say. Because, like, let's say we're praying for revival. I mean, if you're praying for revival, now for me, in my mind, I have, I have something about what I mean by revival. But I wonder what you mean by revival. I wonder what you mean if you pray for God to help our church, or bless our church, or to strengthen your neighbor, or to save your family, or to help you to, to be a better husband or a better wife, or whatever it is, or to give you a husband or wife. The thing that we are praying to earlier on. I mean, do you really know what you're asking for when you pray for a spouse? <laughs> I mean, do you really know what you're asking for? You have to go through. Because you haven't been married before. And if you have been married before, sometimes the question is, why would you want to go through that again? Sometimes that's the question. I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I mean, I really like being married. Don't like But sometimes that's the question. Like, why would you want to go through that again? So, obviously, you know why you want to go through it, but you're really clear because you know the challenges. You're going to have to lose some rights, or all the rights, actually. <laughs> and that's without children. And then when children come, you realize you have absolutely no right at all, you know, to lose. Because <laughs> they've got all the rights. And as they grow old, they can kind of get a little bit back, a little bit back. You can't wait for them to be old. <laughs> so I'm just asking, do you actually know what you're praying for? You know, because <laughs> sometimes the answer to our prayers will make our lives very challenging. It limits our options. Yeah, you know, some people they want to say, Pastor Joe, I want the same as when to the carry. I have to laugh. You haven't got a clue. You want the same as when to you want to have the same weight, or do you think the glamour of it? You like the glitz of it? You know, you know, when we stand and let's we pray again in the power. Is that what you think you want, or do you want the weight? The weight of it. You want the weight of it? When you have visitations at night, demons come and visit. Hello, Joe. It's nice to be back. You want to fight now? You want to fast? You want that kind of stuff of it? And everybody pulling for pizza, yeah. You know, pull it, pull it, pull it, pull it. Pastor Joe, I need to talk to you. Pastor Joe, where are you? Pastor Joe, how can you tell me that? Pastor Joe, Pastor Joe, you want some of that? You want some of that? <laughs> <laughs> and all the sacrifice that goes with it. I mean, bless Aisha. You know, and all, all the sacrifice that goes with that. You want your wife to go through that? Your wife says, no, we don't want to go through that. <laughs> Mark 11, 24, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you have them. I mean, I love because, think it through, you're praying for something, and you are believing you've received it, with all its implications. It kind of puts a different stuff on it. You know, you believe you've received it. So now that you've received, what's, okay, I want to do some tests now. What would you like? Who, who, who's got a prayer request right now? Like, after saying all that, what would you like to raise your hands? <laughs> okay, 
Go ahead. Restoration of job. Excellent. And your one? Well, no, you don't have work disciples raised. A new job. And your one? Yours, Brenda. You raised your hand as well. Well, it wasn't your hand. You didn't like your hand. And they change. 
So it's where the person knows that this thing is wrong and they still do it. That's what trust is. It's not like they innocently sinned. They did the wrong thing on purpose. Hallelujah. So whenever I stand praying and I realize I have I am holding something against someone. You see, when you say to people, you need to forgive people. As a pastor, I say to people, as many times they come in, you just start talking, I say, you need to forgive people. And so, oh no, I forgive them, I forgive them. I forgive them, I forgive them. You say, no, pastor, I forgive them. It's okay, let's talk. As we talk, and they spend time. This happened to my pastor, so you don't understand. So I say, no, stop lying. Listen, the best thing you can do is to say, ah. They suffer. <laughs> be honest. You have to be honest. Amen. Are you listening to me? You have to be honest about what's going on because it's going to affect your prayers. Now, when the searchlight or the torch of the Holy Spirit searches my heart, I find at times I am lacking. And so I've, I've learned now to just say, Father, I choose to forgive that person for what they did. When they said ABC, I forgive them. Just, I choose, I don't, and I'm saying, I, I don't hold it against them anymore. That's how you know you're forgiving someone. You don't hold it against them anymore. Hey, even as I'm saying that, some scenarios are playing. I don't hold that, that, that also against them anymore. <laughs> Why? Because you can have answers to prayers and still have unforgiveness in your heart. And that's very dangerous. Look at the sequence in the Lord's prayer. You know, he says, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. In the sequence, your needs are met before the issue of religion is addressed. So sometimes people, because they haven't answers to prayer, they think there's nothing wrong. Everything's okay. In fact, I heard people say, ask for me, God deals with me differently. I'm special. You are as special as the other Christian. We are all special. You know, a billion Christians, we're all special. Hallelujah. But you have to forgive, special one. Otherwise, you will not be forgiven, special one. <laughs> and the problem with unforgiveness is, in Matthew 19, he tells us you are handed over to the torment. Is it 18 or 19? 18 or 19, Matthew 18 or 19. Come on, somebody help me out. 18 or 19. You're handing over to the tormentors. Are you looking or not? Is it 18? Are you just memorizing it from memory? Is it when you read your Bible in this church? No. Oh, I can't remember. Is it 18 or 19? Matthew 18 or 19. Really? You actually don't know as well. 1834. What about? Thanks to Google. <laughs> he says, if you don't forgive from your heart, your father, your loving heavenly father will hand you over to tormentors until you pay for everything you owe. That's serious. So when you stand praying, whenever you stand praying and you realize you've got something against someone, just fess up and just say, Lord, and that was confessing. And just say, Lord, I forgive this person for what they did, for how they have been behaving. Can you say amen? amen. 
submitted in prayer. In other words, when you're coming before God, your posture is, you know what? I've got my issue, but whatever you tell me, I'm willing to go along with it. And the areas that I, I don't want to go along with, I'm asking you to help me to come to a place where I can say yes. That's a hard solution because there will be some areas in your heart you rather God doesn't go with. You, you listen to me. There's some things in our life we don't want God to tell us about it. So we pretend we know what God has already said. God, I know that you have been talking to me about um, money. And, you know, I, I, I pay my time. And I ask God, you know, I pay my time. But maybe the Lord is saying to you, you know what? It's not your time I'm interested in. I want you to give that nice brand new car away. Give it away. And that was, I remember many years ago, Aisha and I were chatting about giving something that was very precious to us away. And um, I didn't tell her at the time. And she wasn't telling me either. And it just kept growing on me. And I kept pushing it. I don't know what was going on with her. And then finally I said, you know, babe, I feel like the Lord is saying we should give this thing. And she said, yes, I felt the same thing. I was hoping she would say, well, I wasn't really hearing that, but that's, I, I'm not sure. I was hoping to hear that. She said, no, I feel the same way. I'll be honest. I didn't told her before. My heart actually sank. I said, amen. Let's do it. Let's do it before we change our minds. So, pray me in submission. Pray me in submission to God. Say to your neighbor, submit to God. <laughs> because it's from that posture that your authority comes. It's from that posture that the enemy has to run from you. It's from that posture when you submit that you can resist the devil and he flees from you. Find number 11, and then one more, and then we're done. Pray according to God's will. That's how you pray accuracy. Praying according to God's will is simply praying in line with his word. 1 John 5, 14 and 15. Now this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, whatever we know that we have the petitions that we have asked. So when you pray according to his will on any issue, he hears you. That's your confidence. He hears you. And that's why you need to know what the word of God says about everything. There are some things that are clear in the Bible, so you don't need anybody to interpret if it's clear. But there are other things that are hidden. So you look for the principle in God's will. For instance, there's nothing in the Bible that you should marry that person or that person. It's not, no such thing. You can't open the Bible and say, I should marry you. Uh, John 14, verse 8. I should marry you. No, but there are certain guidelines. For instance, are they believers? If they're not believers, it's a non-starter. That's the Bible. You, if you're already, well, not believer in a relationship with somebody, that's different. But as a believer, if they're not even engaging it, then you're asking for trouble. I'm not saying they can't work, but it's a non-starter. Then if they are a believer, what kind of believer? Are they in right standing before God? Because they can be study right. Just because they're a believer doesn't mean they are married material. There's a lot of bad people in church under the name of believer. None of those churches. <laughs> so, so are they, are they in, in right standing before God and in their church? Um, what are they like, morally speaking? Do they want to have sex with you on the first night? You should run away from such people. 
I can receive. I'm not going to make it anything else. He said, ask and you shall receive. I don't use a big scriptural verse. Ask and you shall receive is what I'm doing. I have asked and I will receive. May you pray of accuracy in Jesus.